0: Hello, and welcome to The Jury Room, where we dissect some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever scar the earth. From cannibalistic serial killers to decades-old unsolved mysteries, these stories are sinister enough to keep you up at night. That is not an episode of the Jury Room Podcast. No. Today is a different kind of day. Happy April Fool's Day. But when in fear, don't worry. You get to enjoy content from another awesome podcast. The Book of Lies podcast. Where they take a look at a con man. Have no fear, though. The jury room will be returning this Sunday with the very first installment of the jury room aftermath. And as always, stay safe, and thanks for listening.
1: So, um, <laughs> I want to tell you about this. Apparently, I was inappropriate on social media. Did you get banned yesterday? Did you, did you get banned? I, I got banned. I didn't get banned, but I got a, I got a, I got a smack bottom. So, so I was on Instagram yesterday and I saw this post, um, by this account, crazy bitch problems. And, um, the post, <laughs> let me just tell you what it said. So the post was, it was a picture of, and I were opening it up on this guy. So adult discretion here, but it was a picture of a vibrator. Okay. And it says a woman wrote a vibrator review that was so good. It sold out. Okay. (laughs) And I read the review and I sent it to people because it was hilarious. I thought it was fucking funny. The review. Yes. I'll read the review. (laughs) So it says (laughs) You're laughing. (laughs) I couldn't stop laughing. It says, I got this toy and it was the first time I'd seen anything like it. I was really slow to try it out because it looked weird. And frankly, I was scared. And (laughs) then my boyfriend did stupid things and he went on a break. In dire need of orgasms, I decided to try it Her out. Her boyfriend went on a break. <laughs> I put his ass on time Shoot out. On time out. Um, I'm not sure if I still need boyfriends. This is like nothing I've ever tried. <laughs> the vaginal insertion part is shaped perfectly to hit the G spot and vibrates just enough. The clitoral stimulator partially, with that part, really stimulates suction. It's like if you could. Have the best sex ever while also receiving the best head ever at the same time, especially if you rock back and forth on it while using. The first time I tried it, I literally squirted. I don't squirt. Side note, be ready for that with a towel because I had to do laundry after, which I'm not amused by. (laughs) This toy has changed my perspective on life, and it does way less stupid things than an actual man. (laughs) I just cried when I like read this because it was fucking hilarious. And I was just like, oh shit, for real? This does all kinds of things like that? Interesting. And so I sent it to a bunch of people. You just DM'd them with it? I sent it to you. I sent it to my girl's girls. On Instagram? On Instagram. Okay. Because I was like, I didn't get it, but I've been on Twitter. I unsent it because I thought I was in trouble. So like a friend of the person I sent it to, their husband sent me a message. Oh, fuck that. Who's like, shut the hell up. You mad because she can get better pleasure from a machine than you? Shut up. Why, why are you sending um, recommendations to my wife? I was like, I'm not. I was just like, lies. <laughs> lies. The husband of the person that you sent it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you mad? You mad? <laughs> you can use it together, you know? Exactly. But anyway. Not my business, whatever. So I unsent it from everybody and I was just like, okay, was that just inappropriate? Was it rude? I don't get it. I thought it was the funniest shit ever. And after I got that message, I just laughed my ass off because I was just like, this is funny. I'm sorry. Jealous. (laughs) Fucking jealous. (laughs) I don't have time for that. Anyway, Brandy, how was your week? I survived week two of NaNoWriMo. Yay. Oh, it was so tough. It was hard. It was hard. I stayed up till midnight on Thursday, Friday. Oh gosh. Thursday or Friday. I stayed up till midnight on Friday trying to get the word count, like just hit the goal of the 1,666 words. Mm -hmm. And I managed to do that before midnight, like at 1159, I was updating my, my word count. Like, please don't turn. Please don't (laughs) turn. Please don't turn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I could have updated sooner. The system keeps track, and, like, so you get badges for checking in every day. And cool. I got my 14-day badge yesterday. So, and you can, you know, you can update at any time. But I like to update when I have all the words instead of doing little mini updates, even though I could do it that way and, like, not have to freak out about midnight hitting. But I did. I have, so far, I have a little over 26,000 words. Good job. Um, so I'm a little more than halfway, and it's right now on the fifteenth. So 15th, you're, yeah. You're you're pacing good. Yeah, I'm, I'm like ahead by like a day. Actually, no, like two days. And then if I do today, like if I write two thousand words, like I I like to like be safe, like with a good two thousand words, it'll update and say that I'll be done by Thanksgiving. But I don't know if I'll hit two thousand words today. Yesterday I got on a roll though because I, instead of focusing on like action. I, um, did a lot of, um, narrative so that, um, you know, that pushed my word count up, which is good. And then I wrote a dream sequence, which was also adds to word count. I was It's like, damn, every chapter should have a dream sequence, but then that would just be ridiculous. A dream sequence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, I hit my word count yesterday, way before midnight. Uh, I think I finished around like nine or something. I was like, yes, I can actually chill out. I watched Capote. I'm watching movies about writers and writing. So I watched Capote yesterday. I finished watching the dark half. I had like started watching it a couple of weeks ago and then I had to leave. So I finished watching the dark half. I watched Capote. I watched Authors Anonymous, which is hilarious. Dennis Farina. I think that might've been one of Dennis Farina's last movies. So, uh, my week was, I mean, writing-wise, it was pretty productive, I guess. I'm going to hit that 50,000 words, and I'm going to be happy. Woo! (laughs) Uh, How was your week? It's been good. It's been, um, this week I had, like, a a nice little burst of business, so I was kind of busy. Hit the post office a couple times. I'm dabbling in a new venture today, so that's fun. I don't know, man, like... What the hell happened this past week? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what did you do some demos? I didn't have any demos this past week. Son of a bitch. But I have some ideas for next week that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on. I mean, other than that, I think I've been trying to just kind of keep the momentum going with the podcast. Oh yeah. So for our hundredth episode, we've got some people that have sent in some audio already. So that's exciting. So if you guys didn't hear last week's episode, we are asking you guys as listeners, as our podcast friends, as whoever's listening, who wants to contribute to send in um, some well wishes or (laughs) tell us about your favorite episode or whatever you'd like to say on the podcast. We will try and get that um, on the podcast for our 100th episode. So I'm putting something special together for you guys. To celebrate with us, we will be celebrating, so um, get ready for that. For that. For that. If you want to write in or send anything in, send it to our email at at gmail.com. Yeah, that would be sweet. So I have been working on some of that this past week. So I've just been staying busy, trying to stay out of trouble. I'm trying to stay out of trouble. I'm trying. <sighs> but, you know, life's hard. Other than that, um, let's just get into the the shenanigans. And uh, I'm Sunny Hepburn. and I'm Brandy Fleeks, and this is Book, Book of Lies. Lies, the podcast. It's the podcast, it's both bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one other thing that happened last week, I've sent out all of our shirts, so we have no more shirts. So you people who got them, you guys are special, and thank you, and we love you, and all of that. So, yay shirts! Yeah, sure, a shirt has made its way to Canada already. One has made it to Oklahoma, safe and sound. I went ahead and sent our favorite podcast friends, KT and OT, at For Your Reference Podcast. I sent them some shirts. So they'll probably be getting that in like two months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. over Overseas shipments are way late. I forgot I ordered some freaking um, leggings off of Wish. Oh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered them. Two years Actually, ago. let me see. I can look it up when I ordered these damn leggings. It's been so long that I forgot I ordered them. And they them. arrived, and you're like, oh, no, three. they haven't arrived yet. I still haven't received them. Let's see. I ordered leggings on. Sorry. Oh, I was refunded. Okay. You got money? They refunded me. It was only $2. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered- you are the problem. You are the problem. <laughs> well, no. I ordered them on September 26th, and they refunded me on the 30th. I guess they were like, well, we can't get them to her, so I guess- $2? Hell to- no. We ain't sitting that shit. Shipping's like $36. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so the item total was $0.50, cents, shipping was $0.25, cents, and the order total was $0.75. Cents. So It makes no sense. They're making no money. Like, I don't understand. But whatever. Um, We did ship out the shirts. So um, to you guys who got them, you guys are definitely in a select club. Mm. You're in the bulk bitches club. And we love you guys. And hello, hello, hello to the new listeners, to our existing listeners. Thank you guys for coming back. We love you guys. To the ones that have already collaborated with us on our 100th or on anything who socialized with us on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Hello. We love you guys. And thank you so much. That's it. All mm. right? All right. Cool. So what are we talking about today, Sunny? Yes, honey. Uh. So <laughs> we are going to talk about. Who is it? What is it? Who did it? Who did it? His name is Gary Milby from someplace in Kentucky. <laughs> So I'm going to tell you where I got my sources from. I got this from NashvillePost.com, OGJ.com, which is oil, gas, and something, something, OGJ.com. Oil, gas, and justice. (laughs) (laughs) CourtListener.com and a New York Times article by Julie Cresswell. But this guy, he became involved in the oil business in the the late 1970s, uh, drilling for himself or local Kentucky investors or whatever, I guess oil has its moments it's like oh it's up it's down it's hot it's cold when oil's hot he's an oil man he's like hey i'm I'm an oil man when oil went on his tail in the 1980s he sold cars oil went on his tail went on its tail and i guess oil took a shit in the 80s so then he was selling cars so he was always either selling cars car insurance or fucking around in oil Cars, car insurance, or oil. All right. Or wherever he can make money, I guess. And that was... You just... can do all three at the same time. Like, he just stopped doing one and did the other, or... This man, he was a failed businessman. I'm just going
0: to this
1: right now. <laughs> so, um... He... He, he sucks. <laughs> he kind of sucks. So, in, in 2002... Let's just kind of skip ahead. So, in 2002, he gets this lawyer by the name of Brian Kaufman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kaufman prepared documents um, to form a Kentucky oil drilling company called Mid America Oil and Gas. Okay. um, For his client Milby, right? In 2003, Milby filed for bankruptcy. Um, He used Kaufman again as his attorney. Uh And then in 2014, Kaufman prepared more documents for Milby for um, Mid America Energy Inc., a Nevada corporation. So he's doing his legal filings, he's doing his bankruptcy filings, and he's paying attention to what's going on, so he kind of knows that his client, Gary Milby, is up to fuckery.
0: you doing some booze?
1: Gary Milber- Milby talks people into investing into his oil ventures. I've got this land. I've got these drills. I've got this, you know, there's some real gushers. We're going to make thousands, millions, billions. Oh, okay. It's a big ass oil Ponzi scheme. Mm. It's a huge Ponzi scheme. And so he's just bringing on new business, new investors saying, hey, you know, I'm going to pay you back this much. You're going to get this. And he runs the checks. Some people give him $120,000, $85,000. And he's just stacking bread. And then shuffling this money around because his lawyer, Brian Kaufman, has created, I feel like it's, I'm going to get the exact number, over 40 bank accounts that he's laundering money in and out of. There's a bunch of shell companies that going on. That sounds like, um, what's her name? The um, the horse lady? The, um, the basketball. Oh, yeah, had, yeah, yeah. She was funneling money through. Because she was dripping financial fraud. That's that episode. Though. Yeah, yeah. But um, they're slick. So um, Kaufman is the lawyer, right? So um, he's putting together all these different drilling operations for Mid-American oil. Over several years, Milby enticed potential Mid-American investors with false promises of large investment returns. Yeah, taking them. He would actually take them out to oil fields, quote unquote oil fields. Oh, yeah, they got to see it. Oh, yeah. This is my field, y'all. This is my this field. This right here, this is the cash cow. Come on over here to Big Bertha over here. She's riding, but she's going to hit. And it's staged. This is the gold mine. They fucking pump the oil in. And when they come in, they show it bursting, gershing oil, 25 feet in the air. And then they just start shitting money. They're like, oh, yeah, we want in, we want in. Ting mm. Money, 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 money. Of course. Of course. Look, at least they, they you know, they got to see something, even though it was a lie. <laughs> at least you actually, but because these people were like, we did our due diligence. The people that he fucks, because he fucks over like 400 people. They're like, we did our due diligence. He gave us references. We called the references. We went out and we saw the oil. We did this and we did that. And it's like, if you listen to everything he tells you, of course, it's going to be a lie. You need to go and uh, outsource that stuff. What? Check other states. Because he's going to get bought, um, banned from different states. The SEC comes for him. But he gets he gets kicked out of different states. They're so like, <laughs> stop doing this. Get out of here. Stop selling this bullshit. <laughs> and he doesn't, like, they don't catch him. So and I they don't... don't communicate with each other. Exactly. They're the not sharing the information. So um, one of the, the oil wells that he was showing people was operated by Adair and Green Counties, Kentucky and he knew that this particular place that he was selling people on wasn't even a heavy hitter. Like, it wasn't producing oil as much as it needed to, to give back the returns that he was promising people. He's like, oh, you know, these fields are going to produce oil forever, longer than I live. Invest with me now and you'll always, you know, have this money coming in. Like, he wasn't, apparently he was a good salesman. He looked like a slimy meatball to me, personally. Like, he looked like <laughs> a freaking, like a, a butterball turkey. A slimy meatball. Fatty. Like, he just would just look. Well, let me see what it looks like. I'll show you a picture of him in a second. So, um, he gets checks from investors, of course. Um, he gets uh, money wired to him. He moves money to his lawyer. His lawyer is moving the money around. So his lawyers hit to what's going on, and he isn't involved in this fucking fuckery. They try and check references with Kaufman, and he's like, no, it's legit. He puts together like these PPE documents or something that they can buy into, and they're they're fraudulent. So here's a, a story january 2004 gary and a friend of his terry goff um who milby says is his business partner and a friend some people say they're cousins like there's something going on with him they were drilling in texas 25 miles of abilene so milby he's he knows like if he finds a good well it'll hit but he doesn't really care he's just like buying land here buying land there so he. Figures out, or he hears that there's a good piece of land in... Where does he get the money to buy the land? Investors. Okay. So, um, Milby reaches out to this chick by the name of Hyatt. Um, She directed him towards a site that was called, like, Crockett Owens in Texas. And um, Hyatt's like, hey, you know, this has high potential, but it would require a lot of capital and will take years to develop. Right? And what was her name? I'll get her first name in a minute. So Milby's like, okay, sure. So, um, he bought options for the lease in April for $25,000 and immediately began working to raise money for, to drill the wells. So he'll get in and then he's just like, okay, bringing people's money in. He takes this couple's money, um, Pamela and David, they invest $84,000. They wrote him a check and the husband, um, he's a pilot for FedEx or something. And he wanted to get into the oil industry because around this time, 2004, it's hitting hard. And they're in Texas. And I guess in Texas, it's just like a bunch of oil money, right? Yeah. And that's what they say. Yeah. We called all the references he listed, including his banker. She said there was no problems with him, that he was in good standing. At lunch, they gave him a check. Milby in Mid-America hired that woman, Hyatt, and her business partner to oversee the drilling and repair work in Texas. And they became concerned about vendor bills that weren't being paid. Then Hyatt started to hear from investors complain that they had not received their checks. In October, Hyatt gathered some of the investors, um, including the people that just gave him a check for $85,000. And she was like, y'all, the money's gone. <laughs> so they're shocked. Y'all, y'all it's gone. So she's in shock and disbelief. And they decide to wait and see if Milby was going to you know, make good on his word even though they know there's no money. They're like maybe there's something else going on, maybe we don't know. So they wait and they wait a few weeks and all the wells stop working. All the wells. They're not pumping shit no more. So and they're like if production doesn't go back to work in 60 days, the lease will expire and everybody's losing everything. Bye. Yeah. So um Hyatt was like we could still make this place successful. Let us buy you out to Melby. Let us buy you out. Um, they decide to buy him out of the site and run it themselves. So they're like, okay, you know, we'll buy you out. He's like, yeah, t- $250,000. I'll sell it to you. That's fine. They give him a check for $50,000. <laughs> Wait, he wanted two hundred dollars mm-hmm. And they're like, no, here you go. <laughs> first date. They, they knew he didn't have any money.
0: <laughs>
1: and then they're like, we're not going to give you $250,000. Like, are you fucking stupid? And I guess they like they battled for two hours, and he ends up going home with that check for $50,000. Oh, God. So, I thought they just were like, here you go, and then they walked away. I'm <laughs> like, well, if he didn't cash it, then the sale didn't happen, so what? Well, they knew he was desperate for money. They get access, he sells, they get access to the bank accounts. He raised about $850,000. Holy crap. He spent about $400,000 on personal shit. Mercedes, why not um, uh-huh. child support ah! <laughs> so okay <laughs> he Perfect. owes some some money to his yes. his he's baby mama five times oh god twice to one woman oh okay of course okay. Okay. this is his get down he's been doing this from state to state it's no big secret so he's like i know how to do it i'll just go over here. oh well i'm kicked out of california let's go to oregon mm-hmm. or let's go to washington or whatever yeah but guess what happens in 2007, his daughter turns 16. And what does she do? She gets on MTV, My Super Sweet 16. Oh, my God. I saw that. I saw this. Okay. Okay. My Super Sweet 16. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So His daughter, Ariel. Her name's Ariel. It's Ariel's birthday. Her episode aired February 2007. And the caption was the episode is, Ariel's dad owns an oil company, and everyone thinks she's stuck up. She throws a fairytale party to show everybody her real life or some shit, right? And she's like, you know, she, I'm sure she's highly produced. Okay, you know, say this, say that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so we do like a Cribs-like tour of my dad's house. This is one of my dad's houses, the way she's talking. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, like, in a, a gated community and on a golf course mm-hmm. in um, Tennessee. Apparently, Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman live nearby. And there's, you know, yes. um, a private... God. <laughs> private lake. She's like, this is my dad's office. This is where he works from home. This is where all the deals happen. <laughs> I feel like... I saw... I watched, like one of those a couple of those episodes back in the day and there was one that I was like they fucked up <laughs> because this girl was like she was trying to take her um driver's test okay. and she failed it mm-hmm. the first time but they showed her that she passed it and so when you look at her taking the tests her nails are done in one scene and then her nails aren't done in the next scene so uh-huh. she's got these acrylic french tips on right and then cut to her taking the test in another scene and her nails are fucking, like, bit off nails. You crack like. me up. You catching all the editing mistakes. And I'm like, oh, so she must have failed it the first time because why is she up in there again taking the damn test and they're filming it again? She passed it the second time, but, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, mm, you guys think you're slick. That bitch failed. Because she was getting a car for her birthday, but they wouldn't yeah. give her the car until she passed her her um test. Well, I don't know if any of you guys have w- ever watched my Super Sweet 16 on MTV. Oh, I forgot to cite MTV as a source. My bad, y'all. Mm. But these kids are spoiled little fucks. Are spoiled. They're over the top and it's ridiculous. They are extra, extra read all about it. And they're messy. Yeah, they they're are. Like, it's kind of like who I don't want to be at this party. Did I invite you? Who gave you an invitation? Like catty little boy. Was bitches. she the one that, um, there was a girl that um, they, she had, she was giving out like fan charm bracelets or something oh, to people. God. They had a little token. And they were getting, that's how they got in. Mm-hmm. But people had fake tokens and they were getting into her party and people she was mad. Go, people will fake shit. And she was it. like, this isn't one of mine. This is fake. Mm-hmm. And then she was like going to the, like whoever the, the doorman was like, people have fake. I, I think it was like charms, like mm-hmm. little, little, um, like the the things you gave out at your wedding, your, um, yeah. the, the wood things. Mm-hmm. It was like that. And she was like, they have fake ones. No, I don't want all these men. And Like she was pitching a fit because people had fake ones and they were getting into her party. <laughs> Honey, you've got other things to worry about. Okay. You are a child. Living this down, first of all. <laughs> so she's on my super sweet 16. Okay. okay? And um, she arrives to the party two hours late. People are like, we've been waiting for like two hours for Ariel. That's okay. Oh my God. It's going to be amazing. Do you see this place? It's in a huge, massive tent outside. They make it look like a castle or something. And she arrives via helicopter. Helicopter like comes and flies one. her in. Mm-hmm. Then some fucking horse-drawn carriages take her and her fucking uh, court to the to the tent. I, I saw this episode. Right? She goes in and they do a waltz, like a fancy waltz. And like, you know, she asks... She, she cheerleader. a chaperone. Yeah, she's a cheerleader. So she asks like the football player to be hers or whatever. So he has to learn how to dance with her. And anyway. Yeah. And so they like... And all these people are just sitting there watching them, Dan. Yeah, and it's a big spectacle. These girls are crushed. The people in the audience, are like, it's so great. Yeah, this is nice. You will never have a party like this. Exactly. That's <laughs> what she's like, she's like, some girl was like, forget streamers and balloons, like. Nobody can top this. Like, yeah. I, someone's like, my wedding's not even going to be this big. And they're 16. Yeah. And I feel really bad for them. <laughs> they're obnoxious. <laughs> These fucking kids on this show are obnoxious. There was one bitch that was like, I want a G-Wagon. Or um, she either wanted a G-Wagon or a Maserati. Uh-huh. And her mom was like, no. <laughs> girl, sit <laughs> your little ass down. She was like, I think that's a bit much. And the girl was like... <laughs> <laughs> what? Did you just say no? Yeah, yeah it was just so stupid. There's the yeah, they're, they're insane. Well, so apparently, like I said, this fucking party's a, a get down, you know, there's dancing, there's gestures, disco lights. She's wearing like a white dress, a tiara, fireworks, and she gets a fucking um BMW 325i. I guess back in the day, that's the shiz. And it was, I don't fucking know cars, but yeah. she had a brand new BMW at 16 in 2007. Yeah. Ariel's dad. So people are watching her on TV and they're like, fuck this guy. Because it's, <laughs> <laughs> he's been fucking people for a really long time. Yeah. So he's been taking their money. They have not been getting their checks. Some people get their checks. And Gary's argument is like, it's never enough money. I would send them checks. And I would tell them what was due to them, and it's always they always want more and more and more. But a bunch of people like, we ain't ever got money from you, dude. <laughs> I gave you all this cash, and you're fucking buying your daughter a new BMW. They're showing us your new house and your Mercedes in the front yard and all your fucking shih tzu dogs running around your house. <laughs> you know, and she's like, oh, my dad just bought this from me because I asked him to. Yeah, dad bought it because I asked him to. I love oil. Uh, oil, Louis Vuitton, money, money, money. Like, it's just really disgusting and obnoxious. (laughs) But the SEC, they saw that episode and they were like, oh, okay, Ah, we got you. So Moby faces charges for security fraud, mail fraud, and money laundering. They kind of paid attention again from the 2007 episode of my super sweet 16 on MTV. So he built hundreds of investors across the country out of millions of dollars by offering fraudulent investments in nearly 30 oil and gas limited partnerships with names like Black Gold Oil number no. six and Fox Not Oil number no. eight. He was living in Campbellsville, Kentucky, and his company again was the name Mid-American Energy. He had an office in Portland, Tennessee, and he sold interests and the program was fucking fake. like it was super fake. That the SEC charged him and his company with violating securities registration, broker registration, and anti-fraud provisions of the, the 1933 Securities Act and 1934 Securities Act exchange. And they were like seeking permanent injunction disgorgement. Disgorgement. Mm-hmm. With um, a civil fine. Basically, they were like, you're going to give all the money that you have right now is you're not going to have that anymore it's mine you're going to give it back to whoever you owe it to and but he couldn't probably give any money to Mm-mm. everybody so well they said um he raised 19 million dollars from 375 investors uh, over about 19 a, million 19 million he's a good salesman uh, <sighs> 375 <laughs> investors uh-huh 19 million dollars yep starting in 2005 He diverted at least $12 into offshore accounts and family trusts, and millions of dollars was spent on his lavish lifestyle. And, of course, Milby denied everything. He was like, this is a bunch of bullshit. I didn't do none of that. I didn't do that. What are you talking about? I didn't do none of that. That wasn't me. An investigator was like, that MTV show put Milby on the roadmap. He was like, people got really aggravated with that fucking shit. They were just like, you fucking disgust me. And I bet, I bet. Anything, I bet he was like, hey, my daughter's going to be on TV. Why don't you check out MTV at 8 o'clock on Sunday night or whatever the fuck. And people were like, fuck you. They probably <laughs> saw him on there like, mm-hmm. isn't that going so? Like, yeah, Milby! No, I have no doubt in my mind that he was calling people telling them that the episode was going to air at this time on this date. Mm-mm. And this is the problem. I guess the thing is, um, Milby pretty much illustrates the limits of the state securities regulators who can't keep up um, on suspect operations. So they're like, you know, we can't put all these investigations and do all this and do all that on people who are selling this when they're not supposed to illegally. We're we're focused on terrorism right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that was after 9-11. Yeah, yeah. It was within, yeah. Fresh. It was within, like, 10 years. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. So they're like, eh. So apparently... There was, like, a spike in this type of fraud. Like, so 2007, the year before that, there was, like, maybe five cases. After that, there was, like, 300 cases. <laughs> what? So people just are selling investments into oil. Were people... Um, oil blowing up. Some... There was probably some asshole who fucking made a class that people paid for... Oh, I bet. ...on how to fucking defraud people on oil ventures. Well, this bitch has been doing it. He said he's been in the oil game since the 1970s, right? He's running commercials on the radio. He's running ads. He's got salespeople. Ugh. Him and his lawyer, Kaufman, because Kaufman's in the back of the scenes moving the money around, moving through documents that he's having people sign because it's legally binding stuff and they know how to slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. But there was this another, another investor who found out that it was Fugazi. He found out he was in a part of a fraud. He was in Canada. So he was like, let me go ahead and join you guys. So then they start this fucking shit overseas in Canada and they're training salespeople to pitch these people and sell them. He had a whole operation going on. And during that time of the MTV thing, that's when his operation was growing over in Canada and they brought in that partnership. So he was bringing in fucking money hand over fist, I'm sure. This guy's a piece of shit. Unbelievable. Piece of shit. Hey everyone, I'm Kelly. And I'm Emily. And we're from Whining About Herstory. Ever notice how women seem to be missed, forgotten, or maybe even purposely left out of history books? We did. So we decided to take the his out of history and make it herstory. Each episode, we discuss the lives and general awesomeness of these historical wonder women, all while having a glass of wine. Or maybe a bottle. Come join us on all of your favorite podcast platforms at WAHpod on Instagram, WAH underscore pod on Twitter, and at Whining About Herstory Dot com. Remember, that's no H or E in whining. See you, See you soon. soon. Cheers. So there's a lot of different like situations that happen. Like he got kicked out of another partnership. So the shit that happened in um, Texas, where like he was spending all the money for one place, the same thing happens in Ohio. He gets a bunch of money from these other investors. So he just keeps doing the same thing over and over again, right? Finally. Him and his lawyer brought up on charges in 2013. Finally. Yeah. His lawyer, Brian Kaufman and Milby, were charged with eight counts of mail fraud and nine counts of wire fraud. And um, his fucking lawyer sang like a bird. Uh. <laughs> you Look, it, they don't have uh, client um, lawyer privilege. Lawyer, client, client lawyer. Yeah. They don't have that anymore. So he said, Kaufman and Milb- Milby uh, utilized 42 bank accounts and perpetrating the fraud. In 2005 and 2006, Mid-America received $19.3 million from investors, but only had brought in 893 in revenue and oil sales. Milby and Kaufman distribute only a few hundred thousand dollars to Mid-American investors during the period and use millions of dollars of investors' money for personal expenses. Kaufman knew that the only Mid-America investors were receiving only a small check, like were receiving only small checks. He had prepared the investors' tax forms, showing the amounts of their losses. In 2006, investors realized something was rotten in Mm mid-America, and one of them lodged a complaint with the SEC, uh, which began the investigation. Several states launched investigations as well, issuing subpoenas, summons, and filing cease and desist orders and contempt orders against Milby in oh. mid-America based upon state securities fraud and violations oh my god he's been doing it for years in 2006 coffin suggested starting an offshore oil investment company because of the legal trouble they were experiencing in the u.s so that's the company I love saying in canada when he did all this so um they founded global energy group with mid-american investor victor tatskin he was the Canadian investor who got fucked and was like, I'm just going to fuck people too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, when you get fucked, when you get you'd fucked, rather be the one doing the fucking than being fucked, right? Yeah. Jesus so, Christ. So, um, Kaufman knew that Milby had no intention to drill for wells uh, for those global investors. All three men, all three of them, went to Toronto, Canada in 2007 to train global salespeople at those sessions, which Kaufman... Was present Milby made false claims about oil production, intending that salespersons would repeat um, those claims to investors. Kaufman later prepared the global PPM for distribution to global investors. Two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Canadian investors provided funds to global off. Uh, he's just giving all. He's just like he did this. He did this. He did this. But the lawyer Kaufman, he wasn't just moving this motherfucker's money around. He was shaving money off the top side of and course. center. Of course. He was moving money through his wife's businesses, through her shit. He's buying yachts. He's buying houses. He's buying I fucking- still not, I still don't understand what that that's about, the fucking yacht shit. Like, what do you need a yacht for? Seriously. <laughs> Charter a yacht. You don't need to own a yacht. That fucking yacht. upkeep on a yacht. Yeah. That's fucking like two mortgages. Get a life. Well, he got a yacht, boats and hoes. And, um, at the end of the day, they're going, they went to jail. They're still in jail. Kaufman, the lawyer, he got 25 years. Mm. Gary Milby, the perpetrator, he only got 20 years. And I think it's because Kaufman, he's doing all the legwork. He's perpetrating this fucking fraud. And he's doing other shit. He's engaging in it as well. And, yeah cuz potentially he could have put his wife's businesses in jeopardy. He did cuz her ass was on the line too. She went on trial. She was acquitted. Mm-hmm. But they were like you too miss 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 uh-huh. Kaufman? Yeah, exactly. You you get in jail time cuz the, the wife doesn't necessarily know but they're like you know something. You know something. You know something and she's probably like I don't know who that even is. What are you talking about? That, isn't it yeah? But Gary Milby, he tried to say that, like the super sweet 16. He was like, I didn't even pay for that stuff. <laughs> I bought the BMW, but I turned in another vehicle and I paid for it. cash. I paid for the fireworks. My wife my ex-wife did this, did did, 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 did. Like, shut up. G- guess what? You paid for it. Your daughter was Seven. like, This is my daddy's this and my daddy paid for this and my daddy did this and did d d d my daddy did it. Mm-hmm. I think he does have an American Greed episode. I didn't get a chance to watch it, hmm. um, but I just decided to like. I was like, let me look for some some fucking oil fraud. Let me see what kind of oil frauds going on out there. <laughs> but apparently, it happens a lot. And just because someone gives you their fucking references, you still need to do some research on them and Google them, and, and maybe Google the references. Google the references they're, they're probably that them. they were like oh yeah we're so happy we get all this money and we do this and we do that and it's someone that was employed by the company Mm -hmm. it was someone who was staging it they would shit out all kinds of oil when people were out there looking and they were like yeah here's a check i'm ready Mm -hmm. and no (laughs) no 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 and then once they would realize because they would give him money and then they would do their research afterwards and then they're like oh i'm fucked and then he would never give back the money they're like, uh, shit. Listen, post date that check. Actually, you know what? Though, if you, Even if you post date a check, they'll still cash it at the bank. <laughs> they're like, they're money. like, Yeah, they're like, well, that doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Because once they have the check in hand, then it's a good check. Like, they don't care about the date. Even though you might want to post date a check. They don't care. They're not that they cash in shit to tomorrow, bitch. <laughs> What's your problem? So, like, of course... There was legal action, and there was, um, like, class action lawsuits. There was this lawyer, this law group, representing 75 of his clients. And, like, they won $5 million in, uh, is it restitution? Mm -hmm. Uh, They won it,
0: but they never got the money.
1: Oh, of course. Of course. That's the thing about fucking suing people. Yeah. Like, you can sue a person and be awarded... However much money. Yep. But if that person doesn't have that money to give you, you're you can't, you it. can't get blood from a stone. So yeah, I was awarded this much money, but you're mm-hmm. not going to see it yeah. more than likely. Yep. No, you're totally right. And Especially those assholes like Donald Trump that filed for bankruptcy and own people millions of dollars. They fucking don't, they, they don't pay their debts. And so they file for bankruptcy and that's a way to get around it. Oh, oh yeah. Because this guy had filed for bankruptcy multiple times. He's had multiple failed businesses. He's starting business. And I mean, like, I wouldn't say that this was a failed venture. He's very good at separating people from their money. Of course. With the promise of bullshit. But, oh, man, like, I wish I was evil. <laughs> I really do. I really... No, I don't. I don't wish that, but I... I want to be evil. <laughs> I want to tell a lie. <laughs> That's an Urza Kid song. <laughs> I want to be evil. Yeah, she's... she's um. That song is interesting. Well, what I'm saying is, like, these... And, like, I looked at that, di- that guy. I'll show you the picture. I'll show him the picture. And I was just like, ugh. You just Like, <laughs> <broke>. <laughs> like uh, you look like a floppy bitch. Like, you're not even cute. Why would anybody marry you? Well, how did you get five fucking marriages? Slanging <laughs> that money. Of course. He looked like an old oil baron. Oh, yeah. He was like the fat guy that got his ass kicked in school. So he was like, I'm going to fuck all these I'm going to take all market. y'all bitches' money. Uh-huh. Yeah. His smile is disturbing. They were like, he could sell ice in Antarctica. He was such a good salesman. Jeez. He was so full of shit. He was like, "I guarantee one hundred percent uh return on investment. All of my all of my wells are hitting." <laughs> like, you're full of shit, dude. You're <laughs> such a liar, bro. <laughs> anyway, so um, that was the episode for today. Well, that was our topic. So um, <laughs> that was our topic for the day. Brandy, do you have a thumbs up for the week? Okay, so in the place where I live, there have been eight unsolved murders. The last one happened in 2016. A 23 year old girl, woman, was strangled to death in the park. What? In our park, in Central Park.
0: What? Uh-huh. That's the
1: shit that's right by your house. Yeah. So I'm interviewing her mother on uh, tomorrow um, because I'm going to uh, pitch this as a true crime book. And it's gonna be based on her story, but I'm, um, you know, hopefully get information from the mem- family members or friends of these other people. I mean, from 2001, so people probably moved away and stuff. But I'm gonna try to gather as much information as possible, and I'm gonna talk to the, the police department. But um, yeah, like the police department is like so underfunded; they have like. No fucking like, they have, they have no support. They have no resources. They have one person working these homicides. So they're all Mm unsolved. And so I'm like, you know, that's crazy. Maybe if we could get some fucking eyeballs on this information, we can, they can get help trying to figure out who killed these people. Yeah. And I found out about this, um, the story about this girl, when we moved there, there was a flyer that was on a, um, a light pole. And it said, "Help solve, you know, who killed this girl." And um, I was like, "What?" And then I Googled it, and at that time there wasn't really much information. But they did a an update. There's like been a like a four year update. The newspaper, our local paper, covered um, because she, her mom, went to a city council meeting. She was like, "You guys aren't doing shit to figure out what's going on to find out who killed my daughter. We want her solved. We know we want it solved, but the moms, they think they know who did it." Which flips the story on its head, so I'm like, okay, I need to interview her, but it's gonna be based on, you know, her story, and then it's gonna branch out about, you know, the resources that the police department has, and like, you know, these murders that were unsolved, because they, I mean, they do arrest people, so, so I'm hoping to parlay that into a true crime book. Maybe I'll do a um, proposal for uh, Pit Mad. Which is next month on December third. What is PitMad? Hashtag PitMad is um where there's agents that are looking for books mm-hmm. on Twitter. And so you use that hashtag. And if they are interested in like your tweet, they contact you to submit your pitch or your your manuscript. I was gonna do well, this December, I wasn't gonna do anything. I'm gonna do one for March. This one, like, I feel like it just, somebody needs to talk about it. Nobody's talking about it, and, like, the local paper only has so much reach because it's a local paper. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Um, how, what's your thumbs up for the week? Don't you want to be evil? <laughs> um, I might learn to be evil. I don't know. I want to be evil. Well, I was thinking about the one from uh, defendants, Descend- Don't you want to be evil like me? Oh, no, I didn't watch that. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth. Yeah, she's the evil queen. Aren't there more than one? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, uh, my thumbs up. um, Ventures, ventures, ventures. Partnerships, partnerships, partnerships. Reach out to your friends. Reach out to people that you want to work with, talk with. Um, I am stepping into the horse treat business. We'll see how that plays out. Hey, horse owners, come on over. Holler, holler, horse, horse, Holler. Mm -hmm. I mean, other than that, Thanksgiving's coming soon. Gotta figure out what we're gonna have. So that we we're doing gumbo. Gumbo. That's what we're doing. You're right. I just gotta give some money to mom. Okay. <laughs> crab it up. Shrimp and crab it up. Mm-hmm. Um maybe throw some Legos, you know, lobsters up in that bitch. Yeah. So I mean, other than that, I don't know. I bought some really cute um Christmas cookie cutters. So beauty's biscuits in December Christmas are treats. Yeah, oh my, Christmas cookies for your dogs. Yeah, because that's what I mean. It's gonna be fucking sick. So hey, if you Ooh, guys have a dog, you could I, do like a meat flavor icing. Let me finish. Gross. But oh. if you have a dog, check out beautysbiscuits.com, y'all. That is my business. I make fresh baked dog biscuits for your dogs. We've got different flavors: turmeric, peanut butter. Pumpkin, CBD, whatever. Use offer code LIES. Meat-flavored frosting? I feel like that'd have to be something fresh and nasty. Like a um, pate? No, no, no. What do they call it? Um, I can't think of what it's called, but but it would just be meat-flavored instead of sugary. Mm. Well, all right. Are we forgetting anything? Hey, guys, connect with us on social media. Connect with us on Twitter at Book of Lies Pod, on Instagram and Facebook at Book of Lies Podcast. We do have a group on Facebook, Book of Life Podcast Group, Royal Icing, that's what it's called. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that one. I knew that. (laughs) Visit our website at bookoflifepodcast.com. You can listen to all our previous episodes. We have a blog. You can listen to all of our collaborations there, learn a little more about us. We have a Teespring store. And I think that's it. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being here. And I'm Sunny Hepburn. And I'm Brandy Fleeks. And this was... Book, Book of, of Lies. Lies. The podcast. It's vault bitches. Because we want to be evil. Don't you want to be evil like me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening. And remember... You never know what's lurking in the shadows, lingering around the corner, walking past your house at night. So watch out, stay safe, and keep listening. This has been The Jury Room.